Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to World Soccer Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you live on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. It is great to be with you on a week, a 10-day period, looking forward to some World Cup qualifying, if you can call it that. I have to be honest with you, uh, if you listen to this show enough, you know that this isn't uh, one of my favorite uh, periods of the football calendar. I tend to be not that interested in international football anymore. And I will have lots of reasons for that. And I will endeavor to explain all of those reasons to you uh, during the show today. By the way, I'd like to welcome to the show all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. It is great to have you with us. And if you're listening on one of our digital platforms, whether that's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning SiriusXM app, or you're downloading the podcast on our podcast network, which is the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network. It is always great to have you with me. I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast for all you early birds on Sports Overnight America. There is a lot to get to today as I will attempt to unpack my thoughts about the World Cup calendar, and uh, some big news, by the way, coming out of FIFA regarding our good friends, Mr. Sepp Blatter and Jerome Volker. Um, they have recently received uh, some bad news, and I will tell you what that bad news is, and uh, you can decide for yourself whether that news is bad for you or just bad for them. <laughs> Uh, let's look at all the qualifying matches we've got coming up over the next few days and see if there are any matches that are really all that interesting. I'm going to go out on a limb and kind of say there aren't, but I don't want to ruin the show for you. I have a way of doing that. All right, um, let's do some housekeeping. I'd love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Uh, that's where you can reach me, and of course... Uh, I would always love to hear from you because uh, your participation in the show is what makes it uh, fun to do, to be fair. All right, I'm going to step aside, take a brief break, and I'll be right back to kick it all off here. World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. All right, uh, welcome back to the show. World Soccer Radio, Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM. It is great to be with you. March Madness is well upon us. And uh, is it really mad this this year? I mean, that's the question. How, how mad is it? Um, I have to be f honest with you. Uh, two years ago, I was really uh, into it. And uh, not just that, I mean, or, or the whole slate of sports. And, and I have to say, the onset of COVID has definitely affected my interest in some of the sports that are not sort of my core focus. Having said that, I find a way to really kind of kick up my general sports interest a notch. 
is by placing a small wager or two. Now, and I literally mean small. Uh, you know, sports betting for me is an entertainment and not a lifestyle. It should be that way for you too. Uh, but I have to say, uh, bet online has you covered for everything you might want to bet on, whether it's March Madness, whether it's the Premier League, whether it's the Champions League, because, of course, we have some massive Champions League matches coming up uh, as the uh, we're into the quarterfinals, semifinals, the finals, etc., coming up upon us uh, quickly. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, plus it's free to sign up. If you head over there right now to betonline.ag or use your mobile device, you can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, folks, 50% on your first deposit. Make BetOnline your online sportsbook experts, and I recommend you do. Uh, I have a lot of fun at BetOnline. Um, you know, I, it is true, though, what I was saying. It's funny. I, uh, I mean, I, I followed so many sports. Now, I was doing a show back then for Picks and Parlays, who are one of the uh, big uh, handicapping companies on the planet, and I was doing a uh, daily show, actually, for Picks and Parlays, uh, which was interesting for me because it was sort of outside of my core uh, sports experience, shall we say? I mean, sports are sports. We all we all accept that, right? Uh, but largely outside of my core sports interests, I think is a better way to put it. We're talking college football, college basketball, golf. Uh, yeah, I love boxing. I mean, the sports that I really love, I love cricket, I love rugby, I love football. Uh, I love, I, I do actually like the NBA a fair amount. And uh, I, I love boxing. I'm a big boxing fan. So, you know, those are sort of my core interests. But to do all of this other stuff wasn't uh, in my wheelhouse, and I enjoyed it. I, I really did enjoy it. It was interesting. It was fun. Some of the handicappers were really fun, and I'm not working with picks and parlays anymore, but I have to say uh, that's largely as a result, by the way, of COVID and the whole year that we were shut down. Uh, but they are still around, and they are doing very well from what I understand now that sports are back. Uh, why don't you head over and check out my buddies at Picks and Parlays? Uh, go say hi to Craig Trapp, uh, an awesome guy, really. Uh, a, a really good bunch of folks over there, so I really enjoyed it. Same thing with Doc Sports. I uh, had a really good time working with those guys. But I don't know how I sort of digress here, uh, because I do digress, and I tend to do that a fair amount on this show. Oh, yeah, I was talking about those things that kind of interest me and those things that don't. Look, as I get older in life, and I just had my 56th birthday, I've noticed that I become maybe a little bit more set in my ways. It's not meaning to say that I'm not open for new ideas or new concepts or tolerance of, of other things, because I, I, that's probably actually increased as I, got, as I get older. But I have less interest to watch, you know, downhill, nose-pick, garbage-can, bobsled racing uh, than I would uh, maybe 20 years ago. My time, to me, is more precious, and I tend to kind of focus in on what it is that I like and, and want to watch and enjoy, uh, which is, by the way... Uh, Part of what I was trying to say the other day on the show when I was talking about uh, the NWSL, about women's football, and how I thought that that was really the next high-growth football market, professional women's football. We're talking about club football here in the United States, and I thought we had an opportunity here in the United States to build the Premier League 
of women's football. And by that, I don't mean the Premier League, because there obviously is a women's Premier League. I mean literally the world's best professional women's football league that is watched and admired and followed around the world. Having said that, that doesn't mean to say that I'm an enormous women's football fan, because truth be told, I'm not. It doesn't mean I, you know, I don't have the ultimate respect for them as athletes. That I do, and and I do occasionally watch games, and I do tend to enjoy the women's World Cup a fair amount. Interestingly enough, I really don't enjoy the men's World Cup that much, at least not certainly this dire, boring qualifying stages that we're in right now. We have a slate of matches coming up. I'm just going to take. I'm just going to take a, a, a sample here. Cyprus, Slovakia. All right, I'm going to. I'm going to challenge you to find people that are really that interested, that excited, that engaged with the Cyprus Slovakia match at the Neo GSP Stadium in Stravolos, Cyprus. I can I can be honest with you and tell you I don't give a rat's ass. The problem is is that it's it, it's kind of twofold. I mean in order to make the World Cup more inclusive, which is, you know, a good thing, you have to let in and give a path to the finals because by the way in case you didn't know the world cup finals is the actual tournament itself which is being held next december in qatar the world cup is the process of reaching and seeing your way through the finals to a conclusion that is the whole world cup so we are actually in the world cup we are now qualifying for the World Cup Finals, which should be a really, really exciting thing. I mean, if I'm looking at all the matches today, Belgium-Wales is probably the most exciting match on tap today. But for me, it's still not all that exciting. Sorry, that's just the way it is. I mean, uh, you know, who's England? Oh, okay, so, all okay, right, Nick, all you care about is England. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. But am I interested, remotely interested in England against San Marino? Uh, no, I'm not. I couldn't give a ratty about it, to be honest with you. I, I, and I and I, I really don't think you do either. Liechtenstein, Armenia. And by the way, it's not it's not a whole lot better in Concacaf, which is really, honestly, to be honest with you, the biggest snooze fest in global football is Concacaf qualifying. Ooh, Saint Kitts and Nevis against. Puerto Rico. I'm at the edge of my seat for that one. Are you ready for this one? I know. Hold on, hold on, everybody. Suriname against the Cayman Islands. Woo! That's a that's a, just an absolute humdinger of a match. 
I guess if you're Surinamese or a Cayman, it's exciting. Cuba, Guatemala. Look, folks, I'm not. I know we got to get through this, but it's just not interesting. And as a pundit, I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up your backside and tell you that it is because it isn't. Why don't we just do away with this crap? Seriously, do away with this. Have the qualifying tournament the summer before. A to Z, finish it off. And let's not interrupt the club seasons and let's let the club seasons end early. All right, I'll explain this more in detail when I come back. Nick Eber, World Soccer Radio. Right, welcome back to World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Eber, and it is great to be with you, as I am each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the right coast. That doesn't mean it's the right coast, it just means it's the one on the right, because <laughs> I'm on the one on the left. Uh, but if you're up at 3 a.m., I know you're an early bird listening to me on Sports Overnight America, and it is great to have you with me. Look, uh, FIFA World Cup qualifying is in effect. Uh, that is why your beloved club seasons have come to a screeching halt. And what a time to do it. So World Cup qualifying is here for Qatar 2022, which will happen in December of next year. Now, I'm going to pick up the conversation from the previous segment where I was discussing how I would like to see qualifying done and how I think it should work. But before I get to that, I I, I just want to mention a couple of stories that are percolating out there regarding two of our favorite people in international football. I'm talking about Sepp Blatter and Jerome Volker. The former, uh, shall we say, godfather and capo of one of the most corrupt organizations uh, in the world, uh, the sporting equivalent of the Cosa Nostra, we are talking about, of course, FIFA. And if you may remember, Sepp Blatter was found guilty of basically paying himself large bonuses and his cronies, hiding it from FIFA auditors, not disclosing it. And as a result, I believe he received a five-year or six-year ban, and Jerome Volker received something similar, I want to say. It's not really all that uh, incredibly important. Both Jerome and... What's up, guys? Okay, well, thank you, guys. I appreciate that. (laughs) I'm trying to have a thought. And they uh, pushed the wrong button. But that that happens. Uh, What I was getting at here was that uh, uh, Jerome Volker and Sepp Blatter received their bans and were fined. But Blatter's... uh, 
penalty is up in October. Jerome Volker shortly thereafter. So they could actually return to football. They still, believe it or not, have a fair amount of power in global football, despite their bans. I mean, what made Sepp Blatter so powerful in global football was not his um, pandering to the big, uh, the big powerhouses of global football on the pitch, but was actually pandering to the uh, communal nature of global football and the uh, those third and fourth and fifth tier international football countries that were looking for more exposure, uh, more kickbacks, more benefits, uh, blah blah. You know that's what he did. And that's what he got in trouble for. I don't think there's anything more indicative of the manner in which these guys operated than in the whole Platini affair. Now, uh, uh, you know, uh, Michel Platini is an absolute legend of football, right? And the dynamic duo... was Michel Platini and uh, Sarkozy, the president of France at the time. Platini was the also, other than being a legendary football player, was also the head and president of UEFA. So let's... Let's roll this story backwards, and let's go to that year when uh, the decision was made where to hold the World Cup in 2018 and 2022. Britain was hoping to be the World Cup holder for 2022. But there was a movement afoot to give the 2022 World Cup to a country that, you know, or, or, or an area that maybe traditionally wouldn't have it. Now, that in and of itself isn't bad, but the country that really kind of took the mantle on this was Qatar. Now, look, Qatar is a tiny, tiny nation. Is it, you know, is it, is it an important nation? Yeah, I mean, it, it, economically, it's certainly uh, an important nation. Doha is kind of the uh, crown jewel of business in the Middle East. But let's be, uh, you know, let's be uh, honest about this. The population of Qatar is 2.7 million people. How many people actually attend a World Cup, you might ask ourselves? Well, let me tell you. In 2018, 3 million people attended the World Cup live in the stadiums in Russia. And if you look at the average attendances... It has been over 3 million going all the way back to 2006 when it was held 
in Germany. In point of fact, you can go back to 1990 and you've not had less than 2.5 million people attending the World Cup since that time. That is more than the entire population of the country. So that, that, that is how ridiculous it is, okay, to have a World Cup in a tiny country like Qatar. I mean, the Euros are such a big and expensive tournament, and by the way, they are much smaller than the World Cup, as you know, that they have to have it now pan-European across all the rich countries of Europe. So how do we get to have it in Qatar? Well, very simply, the very, very rich ruling family of Qatar, who happens to own Be In Sport, decided that they wanted the World Cup in Qatar, uh, much like other countries, and they played the game of bribery and graft better than any other country. To the point that they go to the office of Nicolas Sarkozy, the president of France, along with Michel Platini, French, football le French footballing legend, and the head of UEFA, in a secret meeting, Cutter pledges to buy Paris Saint-Germain Football Club and to buy lucrative rights for Ligue 1 and other French sports properties for B in Sport. And at that time, miraculously, the French vote flip-flops. This is just an example, by the way, okay? Of many examples. You can talk about FIFA meetings where there were envelopes stuffed with cash on the desks of all the, the, the FIFA club representatives, courtesy of Qatar. Again, I don't want to point... I, 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 I talk about Qatar, and I'm not doing it in, in a disparaging way, because let me tell you what they did. They played the game that was put in front of them, and they played the game better than anybody else. And as a result, no surprise, 2022 comes up, that envelope gets opened. Hey, everybody that said that was going to be in, in Great Britain, their votes have flip-flopped. And now the World Cup is going to be in the tiny nation of Qatar. Oh, by the way, we can't even have it there in the summer because it's too bloody hot. We're going to have to have it in December for the first time ever. It stinks. And it stinks because the guy at the helm of FIFA was the most corrupt guy, a guy who I've met, by the way, and I sat in a room and interviewed, I say this story over and over again, an absolutely delightful and charming man. There's no doubt about it. Sepp Blatter would charm the very wallet out of your back pocket. And Jerome Volker, I don't know what his appeal is. He's the most dour and austere Austrian gentleman you could imagine. But anyway... These are the, this is the background story. But as a result of the blow-up of what happened, not just in FIFA, but in UEFA and in CONCACAF with Chuck Blazer now departed, the overall global FIFA corruption house of cards came tumbling down. And FIFA banned, ended up banning Set Blatter and Jerome Volker, and uh, fining them. Now, their bans are up. So it shouldn't come as any surprise that in the post-COVID era, FIFA 
decided to slap some additional bands on good old Sepp and Jerome of another, what, six or eight years. Six years, eight months for Sepp. I mean, he'll be 150 years old by the time his band is up. It doesn't matter. You know, as long as he is, sleeps at night in the hallowed dirt of his beloved Switzerland and can fly around and suck the blood from the living, he will live forever. All right, I'll be right back after this. This is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. Right, welcome back, World Soccer Radio. Nick Eber with you here on the Sports Byland Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. Also, iHeartRadio. Tune in the award-winning Sirius XM app. And speaking to our men and women in uniform as well, courtesy of the American Forces Network, it's such a pleasure to be speaking with you daily, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast on Sports Overnight America. So look, uh, we've been discussing the corruption of FIFA uh, in just you know, just in the overall view of these World Cup qualifiers that are coming up this week, and and yeah, you got to have the qual. You, you you obviously one has to have the qualifiers because you don't want a 600 tournament World Cup final that's going to go on for seven months and be really boring. So you're better off having the finals with a reduced number of teams through a playoff format, which is the way it's done, and that's what we're doing right now. But, you know, I would lie to you if I said that I was remotely interested in the World Cup play in the World Cup playoffs. Spain and Greece, Scotland and Austria, Romania and Macedonia, Liechtenstein, Armenia. Woo, that's a really exciting one. Now, there's Montenegro, Gibraltar. I mean, these are the UEFA matches we have to look forward to. You know, England, the team I follow, uh, Albania. They're playing Albania. I mean, there are a few matches of some form of interest that kind of pop up, all right? Not many, uh, uh, I'll be honest with you. Not many. Wales, Czech Republic, that's not happening until uh, next week. England, Poland, kind of maybe, but not really. I mean, Republic of Ireland, uh, it'd be interesting to see anything where they actually score a goal. <laughs> um, I just don't find this compelling or interesting. E e e even worse, honestly, here in the United States, uh, in CONCACAF, which is quite honestly, the dullest of confederations. I mean, look, uh, let, let's go back to UEFA for a minute. I mean, Group A, Portugal, Azerbaijan, Serbia, Republic of Ireland, and Luxembourg. All right, I mean, okay, if there's anyone in the room that thinks that Portugal are not going to win that group, uh, please raise your hand. Nobody. <laughs> okay. Group B, Spain, Greece, Sweden, Georgia, Kosovo. Okay, that group exists for Spain to beat up on all four of those sides. Uh, Sweden may be interesting, obviously, particularly with Zlatan playing. But, you know, 
Is Sweden A to Z good enough to beat Spain? No, I don't think so. I mean, Spain and Sweden, clearly the two sides there. Group C, Bulgaria, Switzerland, Italy, Northern Ireland, and Lithuania. Let, I tell you what, let, let me grade this group on interest. Let's, let, let's do it. So let's give it an interest percentage. I'll give this one a 40% interest uh, percentage. Switzerland are a decent side. Italy are a great side. But you've got Northern Ireland and Bulgaria, both capable of doing something. Group C may, be, may have some sort of interest in it in terms of an upset or uh, something along those lines. Italy and Northern Ireland. That's an interesting match. Only because... It's Italy, Northern Ireland. Is, is it a, a lie? Okay, I'm lying. It's it's a it's an entirely uninteresting match. Okay. Group D: Finland, Bosnia, France, Ukraine, Kazakhstan. Oh, Borat. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, it's nothing interesting about that group whatsoever. The match you get to look forward to right now is France-Ukraine. That's playing played today at the Stade de France. Uh, you know, if France used to lose to Ukraine, there's something very, very wrong. Group E, maybe kind of interesting. Belgium, Wales, and Czech Republic. Uh, you got Estonia and Belarus there as well. I mean, what's interesting to you, to me about Wales is obviously, you know, Gareth Bale, right? I mean, that's the Gareth Bale factor. But by the way, uh, as an aside, did you see Real Madrid now thinking that they're going to poach Harry Kane from Tottenham as well? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, bring another player. You know, English players typically, English-British, let's say British, because obviously we're talking Wales with Gareth Bale, typically just don't do that well in Spain. It's not that they don't play well. It's just that there's something about the acceptance factor. Spain is the holy grail of uh, football land for the Spanish-speaking world. You ask any player at uh, Boca Juniors or any player at, in any league, in any team, and what's their dream? Oh, to play for Barcelona or Real Madrid. You ask any player, really, in the English-speaking world what their dream teams are, most of them will say, it's Man City, it's Man United, it's Liverpool. It's Chelsea. I don't know how I got on this topic, <laughs> but I did. Uh, my brain is all over the place today. You'll excuse me. Okay, we were talking Group E. Oh, yeah, yeah, because Wales was in Group E. I said that was kind of interesting because of Gareth Bale. Then I segued to Gareth Bale, uh, who, who went to Madrid. He's probably going to go back to Madrid, by the way, after this season is up. He's on loan at Spurs. Uh, but, you know... Gareth Bale, one of the old crew of players I'm getting less and less interested in, in like the Messis and the Ronaldos, who's, what, 36 years old and talking about going back to Real Madrid. I mean, for, uh, really, do, does anybody really care that much anymore about where he goes? Don't get me wrong. I love Cristiano Ronaldo. He's a great player. And same thing with Lionel Messi. But, you know, it's, it's time. It's time, folks. We, gotta, we can move on, okay? If you need to see ther seek therapy, seek therapy. But, but let's move on. This is very much a uh, train of consciousness show today. Group F, Israel, Denmark, Moldova, Faroe Islands, Scotland, and Austria. Okay, all right, guys. Let's, let's be honest. 
Do you really think any of the teams in Group F have a hope in hell of making any form of impact at the World Cup? Israel, Denmark, Moldova, the fair, the mighty, mighty Faroe Islands. Scotland and Austria. Well, actually, Scotland might actually win something. They could actually win Group F. They probably have to get by Denmark. But none of these teams, quite frankly, are remotely interesting. Well, Scotland, kind of, only because I'm British. But, but, but that's it. Group G, Gibraltar, Norway, Latvia, Mont Montenegro, Turkey, and the Netherlands. You got one powerhouse and crap. Okay, Group H. Cyprus, Slovakia, Malta, Russia, Slovenia, and Croatia. I'm speechless about, you know, I, that's such an exciting group, I can barely control myself, okay? And now we're on group I. I mean, we're going to go through the whole bloody alphabet here, right? Andorra. How many of you actually know where Andorra is or care? Albania. San Marino, Hungary, Poland, and England. And yes, I love England, and I follow England. But I'm really not that interested in this group. If England can't beat Hungary or can't beat Poland and can't come out top out of this group, you know, it's, it's like they don't deserve my attention. Group J. Germany, Iceland, Liechtenstein, Armenia, Romania, North Macedonia. Look, I love the Icelandic team. Uh, they were here in Las Vegas. We brought them out to play the Mexican national team. I actually was their minder for a, a 10 days or so. Uh, hung out with them, uh, went around town with them, went to training. Uh, great guys. Love the Icelandic national team. And, of course, you know, they are the team that what uh, knocked England out of the Euros uh, 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 a few years ago. But if Germany can't beat Iceland, we got big problems. I do hope Iceland advance. There we go. That's one kind of remotely interesting aspect of it. Uh, group A with the mighty powerhouse of Qatar. Portugal, Serbia, Republic of Ireland. Can't score a bloody goal. Luxembourg, Azerbaijan, and Qatar. I mean, this is really what we're talking about. I, it, it's like... The early rounds of the FA Cup or, or the League Cup, when, you know, the Premier League teams get to play, you know, some non-league team and you're asked to be interested. I just don't find it interesting. Yes, I like the final tournament. Yes, I think the World Cup, World Cup is fun. Although, as it expands, it's going to get less and less interesting. I mean, by that, I, I, no one should be subjected to watching a match of Kazakhstan against Moldova, unless you're from Kazakhstan or you're a, a Moldovanese, if that's what, what it is. I mean, it's, it's, and that's where we're going with this, as they keep expanding the World Cup to make it more lucrative and more... You know, more uh, inclusive. And there comes a time when inclusion, by its very definition, makes whatever you are doing 
less exclusive, right? Because exclusive is the opposite of inclusive. If you wanted to watch an inclusive sports league, you're going to see every crap team that wants to put up their hand and join because you're going to include them. I'm not interested in inclusive sports leagues. I'm interested in exclusive for my entertainment. I want to see the best of the best. I don't want to see someone play just because they raised their hand and said I can. Look, God bless them. It's great. It's it's, it's great for, you know, making people feel good, but I, I, I don't care. When it comes to sports, I want to see the best of the best. It's why I follow the Premier League, and I don't follow MLS. Well, also, since I was a child, I've been following English football. It's why, uh, while I have the utmost respect for women's football, uh, and I have said on this show, and I'll go back to kind of coming full circle here, uh, you know, the NWSL is a wonderful league with loads of potential. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be a fan or I'm going to watch it. Because I am into the exclusivity of sports, the top level of sports. And you as an American are as well. Let's be honest. Uh, Which is why CONCACAF doesn't interest me. Because it is a shitty confederation, pardon my language. I am a football snob. But you are too. You are a snob of the sports that you love. Because if you like the Lakers or the Celtics or the Knicks or, you know, the Patriots, or the Buccaneers, or whoever Tom Brady's paying, playing for, you want to watch the game at the absolute pinnacle of its beauty and excitement and dire, never-ending World Cup qualifiers are not that. So there you have it. All right, we'll take a break. Be right back to wrap it up. Well, Soccer Radio. All right, that's the New York Dolls. Uh, trash. I thought that was appropriate for this just awful qualifying weekend we have or 10 days we have ahead of us. You know, why don't they have World Cup qualifying over the course of a complete summer. And it might be more interesting. Let's have a qualifying tournament to qualify for the finals. Let's have four weeks uh, in your region. The United States could hold the CONCACAF qualifying tournament. Uh, um, Germany could hold the European qualifying tournament. Where you get the Pharaonic Islands team and the Latvians and the Montenegros and they all come in and they play their three games, their three and out games. Or in the case of uh, UEFA, it's a bit more than that, right? It's five and out, eight and out, however many games it is a group. And then you're done. 
at the end of that six-week tournament, you know who's going to go to the World Cup the following year. Managers get a chance to actually have their teams there for enough time to make a difference. Players get to uh, go and get this over with. They could sell the television rights for a lot more money than you can right now. And at the end of it, you'll have your World Cup qualifying set. You can lay the table for the tournament for the next year and go on. Look, I need to be head of FIFA. I'm pretty bloody sure that there's a bribe that's big enough in FIFA that will make me the president of FIFA and allow me to take the helm and make these fundamental changes. And if you would like that, I would love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter at Nick Gieber. Let me know if you support Nick Gieber for FIFA president. Uh, find me on Twitter at Nick Gieber, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Uh, I will be back on with you tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern time. Uh, we will get more into these dire and dull qualifying. We are presented by betonline.ag. Head over there, check out our title sponsor, and I'll chat to you tomorrow. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.